All right. Are you ready for some word? I know that y'all are. And uh, we talked, uh, let me rephrase that, the Holy Spirit led us to talk about being led by the Spirit last week. And uh, Pastor Susan asked if I would teach today, yesterday, if I would teach today. Um, And God just really began to deal with my heart about continuing on uh, with this, about being led by the Spirit. Um, And I know that we all know this, it's not... Being led by the Spirit's not, it's not magic. I mean, I know that we all know that. Um, it's not just for uh, an elite group of preachers. Um, it's uh, Rom- Romans 8 and 14, if you want to turn there. I've got it in my notes here, but this is what, right before I come over here, God was just kind of giving me some little uh, tidbits here on this. I'll wait till I hear pages not fanning. <laughs> Are you there? Yes. Okay. No? All right. Paul said this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons or the children of God. It's for as many that want to, uh, that want to be led. If you desire to be led by the Spirit and to know the leading of the Spirit, then you can know. Uh, this just came to me. Can y'all give me a second? I would do like old churches. Anybody got a testimony, but I don't want to. <laughs> Mark is shaking his head no. Um, yeah, uh, John 7 and 17. You know, when you read the Word of God, uh, and you're reading it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and y'all can probably um, testify to this, how that the Holy Spirit can just enlighten, or it's almost like there's a certain couple words or maybe a sentence that there's almost this just an illumination uh, that, that you catch here, uh, that you can catch in John 7 and 17. It says, if any, man, if, any man, if any man will do his will, He shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. And I caught this first sentence, if any man man will do his will, he shall know. If it's your desire to know the will of God, that's, that's the whole starting process, is having a desire to know. Before, you know, that that needs to be our heart, really, when we're talking about being led by the Spirit, is... And I'm not saying Bible knowledge is not important, so please don't think this is what I'm saying. But I believe one of the most important things that you can get settled in your spirit is when I come into the knowledge of the Word of God, I'm going to do what it says. We have to have that settled uh, in our spirit. So uh, it's as for as many as want to be led by the Spirit of God can be led by the Spirit of God. We just got to have a desire to be led by the Spirit of God in order to be led by the Spirit of God. Last week we talked about, um, when, we, when we talk about being led by the Spirit, because it says according to 8.14, Romans 8.14, we can be led by the Spirit. We can, right? Uh, we talked about how do I get started applying that to my life. If it's not already working, maybe you're new, uh, 
new to uh, Christianity, new in your belief, how do I get started? Let's go to Hebrews 4 and 12 as we're just kind of recapping. And I know a lot of you can probably quote this from memory. But I think it would be fair to say we don't need to just memorize the Word of God. We need to get it in our heart. I think we all know that, but sometimes it's good to hear that. Uh, Hebrews 4 and 12, it says, For the Word of God is quick, which means it's alive, and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Now, we, we covered that last week. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. That's, that's where you feel is in your soulless realm. And, and the word of God can divide asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And we talked last week about one way to get started in, in diving into being led by the spirit is you have to allow the word to divide truth and feeling. Uh, the Bible says that spirit is truth. And Jesus went so far, it was when he was praying, um, I believe this is at, in, at the end of the book of John, he, he, when he was praying to the Father, he said, Thy word is truth. And so we have to learn how, one great way to get started is we have to let, when we read the word of God, what it says, even if it goes against how we feel, we have to be decided in our spirit that we are going to follow what God's word says even if we don't feel like doing it. We, uh, we are walking in the truth of God's word and not merely on physical senses. Now, I don't want to just be totally against feeling, okay? You had to feel like getting born again to get born, <laughs> get born again, but that's what you were feeling was a drawing from God's spirit. Uh, it wasn't just a natural sense. It was something on the inside of you, your spirit that was bearing witness with God's spirit that was dealing with you in order for that birth to take place. Same way mother and father come together, make child. When God's spirit and your spirit come together, there's a birth that takes, there's a conception and a birth that takes place. So we're not just relying uh, on physical senses. <clears throat> we rely on the word of God. And uh, we're going to recap a little, a little bit more of this, but um, tonight I wanted to title this Led by the Spirit Part 2, and where we're going to end up at, end up at uh, and this is kind of like a subtitle, I guess, uh, The Grace to Grow. And I wanted to put something else on there is uh, it's really the power and the grace to grow. We're going to see that here in just a little bit. Like I said, we may cover a few other things, but that's kind of, that's where I feel like uh, the Holy Spirit is uh, wanting us to end up at tonight. So, as we said last week in Luke chapter 4, real quickly, if you want to turn there, just to quickly recap a few of the verses that we read last week. <clears throat> we won't read all of this. I think I spoke for like over an, or right at an hour last week, and I don't know if that's popular nowadays. <laughs> but there was a lot of good comments afterwards. So I'll, uh, sometimes I like to be quiet and hear what you got to say. Y'all get to hear me 
and, and others, and not that that's wrong or bad, but sometimes we like to hear what you have to say. Luke 4 and 1, it said, In Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, it's a very key thing there, full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was, say, led by the Spirit. He wasn't led by his senses or his desires or his feelings. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Verse 2, it says, Being forty days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. <clears throat> and when they were ended, obviously he was hungry. Uh, so many times, I'm talking about for me, I don't want to put this on anyone else, but recapping from last week. The focus tends to go to that he fasted for 40 days. And the reality is he didn't go in the wilderness just to fast. The reason he went into the wilderness is because he was led by the Spirit to go into the wilderness. He didn't go in of his own accord. He didn't think, this sounds like a great idea. Uh, this sounds really religious. This sounds you know, you know something that would get me brownie points with God. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness I'm not taking anything away from the fasting because if the spirit leads you to fast what should you do you should fast we're not taking any anything off of fasting but if you're not led to do it um, you're starving <laughs> you're just on a really crash course diet you need to be led by the spirit in everything that you're doing um, but the fruit when Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost, the fruit of Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit wasn't that he was able to fast. It was that he was able to be led by the Spirit. That's where the ability is at. So the work wasn't fasting. The assigned work was being led by the Spirit. Um, and we look at verse 14 of chapter 4, and when Jesus returned, the Bible says he returned in the power of the Spirit, not in the power of fasting. Um, he, he came, the reason he came out in the power of the Spirit is because he was led by the Spirit to go in and do the fasting. Um, I actually saw this report um, on different religions that don't even believe in God that fast often, and they talk about this spiritual heightening that they have, you know, where they, they're, they're just more cognitive. And so just fasting alone is not what brings you into power. It's why you're fasting, are you being led to fast, and what are you trying to grow in? It's not just fasting alone. Um, I want to say this, I'm not against fasting, okay? But the focus should be that wherever Jesus went and what he did, he was led by the Spirit to do it. Uh, people often, I've said this too, well, Jesus was able to do those things because he was the Son of God. Um, he is the Son of God, but he also called himself the Son of Man, so he was fully God, fully man. He, was, he had a spirit, he, he had a soul, and he was living in a body, just like we, we are. So he had physical senses. Uh, I'm sure fasting, his, I'm sure his belly growled like ours would. He may have possibly got a headache like I probably <laughs> would from not eating. Um, so he, he was in all way. He, he was just like us. But Jesus was able to overcome temptation, not as the Son of God, even though he was the Son of God. But he overcame temptation as a man led by the Spirit, speaking and doing the Word of God against what his, his flesh probably wanted to do. Um, 
if his flesh didn't want to eat, that wouldn't have been the first thing that the enemy would have offered him right. was food. The enemy knew where to hit him at because, and I'm so, aren't you thankful that he gave us that example that we could follow? I'm so thankful that I don't have to be led by what I feel, that I can rise up in the power of the Spirit. We're going to get to how we do that here in just a little bit. I can rise up in the power of spirit, and I do not have to be led by my flesh and these natural senses. I can look to him, and I can be led by him. He gave us a great example. Romans chapter 8, it says this, And if Christ, and that word there, uh, Christ, actually means the anointed one, uh, be in you, the body is dead because... And when I say anointed one, I'm talking about when really you could say if the anointing is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken. Now we, we say made, that is made alive, and that is accurate, but one of the synonyms was he, he will revitalize. Quicken means to revitalize and that actually defines out to the power of enduring. When you're wanting to do, when you're wanting to be led by the Spirit, but yet you, we have this natural body that's with us, and along with us, when we are being led by the Spirit and we are in the Spirit, we can endure these natural temptations. It gives us the power to endure these natural temptations. It says, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit. Now, I want you to get that, by his spirit, not, not by your power, not by your willpower, but by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you will die. But if you through the spirit, not just willpower, but through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you will live. Now, when I say not just willpower, you have to, have, you have to make the conscious choice, I'm going to be led by the Spirit. You do have to do that, okay? There is a work on your part that you have to, on the inside, muster up the willpower to say, I'm going to be led by the Spirit. And really, that's, in, in a nutshell, that's what God is looking for in you is the ability that you have to turn your will over to God to do as he would like to do in your life. But you are the one that's going to have to turn that will over, okay? Um, if, we, if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you will live. And as we read earlier, for as many <clears throat> as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Okay, Acts chapter 1. Let's turn there. And now we're going to get on led by the Spirit, the power and the grace to grow. This is one area here that the Lord began to deal with me on this morning when I had absolutely nothing on my heart or on my mind when I sat down at my desk. And God just began, I just began to type. You know, I didn't really know where I was going. Kind of remind me a lot of whenever guest ministers get asked to pray over the food or over the service, you just start and hope you catch up somewhere. You really don't know <laughs> where it's going. You just hope you catch up along the way. So I was just typing, and, and the Lord just began to speak to me about the power that we need to be led by the Spirit. And really, in one area that we fail to 
allow ourselves to go is the grace to grow. We're all about giving everyone else grace, right? But whenever we're going to give ourselves grace to grow in this, because a lot of this is not going to come automatically. A lot of this is going to come by you saying, I'm going to give myself to this, and if I mess up, I'm not going to quit. Me and Dylan preached at, at each other today on this. It's kind of like when you, uh, the New Year's resolutions, and you, uh, you're, what's the number one? We're going to lose weight. We're going to go to the gym. We're going to get in shape. And a lot of people will do this. They'll have a donut the second day. <laughs> well, is that good? It might taste good, right? But even if it's not good, this is what a lot of people will do. They'll eat the donut and go straight back to where they came from. And the reality is, if you ate the donut, okay, that probably wasn't a good thing. But why don't you just get back up tomorrow and, and start and try to do a better, instead of just totally quitting? And I feel like this is where a lot of people, if you were uh, born-again believers and you asked them, would you like to be led by the Spirit? Well, I think that they would say yes, unless there's something really wrong with them. <clears throat> I think they would say yes, but the problem is we maybe make a mistake, we mess up, we fall short of His glory, and we just think, eh, what's the use in trying? I'll just go back to going to church, read my scriptures, uh, being a good little Christian, nothing wrong with those things. But I don't want to just be that. I want more than that. I want an everyday walk with God that doesn't start at Sunday on 1015 and end at sun on Wednesday at 8 o'clock. I want the full walk, full time. I'm, I want you to know this. Me and Dylan talked about this as well. When we say amen tonight... When I go home, I have every part of me that is going to do his best to be led by the Spirit of God. And if I mess up, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get up tomorrow and do, and do my best to do better and not give up. But you've got to give yourself grace in order to grow. You have to give yourself grace in order to grow. Wow, 7.22. Acts chapter 1. Okay, are you there? <laughs> Let's read uh, verses 6, 7, and 8. It says, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons, which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power, say power, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, we know the word, if you've been around here long at all, the word power there is, the word power is what? Okay. Dunamis power, which means miracle working power. But there's some other synonyms I want, I want to say here, and I know that this kind of all ties together, but just humor me. Uh, one of the synonyms for power is the word force, uh, ability, might, power, obviously, and strength. Okay? The ability. I want, I want to talk about that just for a little bit here. 
uh, referring back to uh, Romans 8 and 13 when it talks about um, for if you live after the flesh you shall die but if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body you will live now you will not mortify or kill the deeds or the works of the body strictly on willpower Paul said that it would be what through the spirit it would be through the spirit that you would do these things now when you receive the Holy Spirit one I believe this one of the greatest miraculous works is the ability and I wrote down ability but I, I, I marked that out right before I come over here, and I felt like, Lord, give me a better word. Um, it's one of, one of the greatest works is the availability to overcome flesh. And because and, the ability means, and ability is a good word because it means that you can, but you have to have a desire to want to. That's really the area that God wants to get us on is it tonight, I believe, is, is all he's asking from us is the desire to want to. That's really where he needs to get us engaged there. And when you can overcome the flesh, that's a miracle in itself. <laughs> that is a miracle to overcome what you want to do. And when we talk about that, I want to say this real quickly while this is fresh on my mind. When we talk about being led by the Spirit, this is kind of an idea that I had years ago that there was going to be one day I was going to wake up and just be following the Spirit. That I was just waiting for God to deem me mature enough and I was going to wake up one day and I was going to be following the Spirit and not even really realizing I was following the Spirit. Till God helped me to see, and I believe this is one of the most revealing and liberating moments in my life where I realized the whole time God was saying, I've been waiting on you. And I didn't take that as a, like as a challenge or as a, as a knock. I took that as, yes, this is what I've been waiting for. Is, the, is deep down on the inside, God has been waiting for me to just say, God, I'm ready and I want to give myself to this. And I'm going to allow myself the grace to grow in this. When, when Paul wrote in the book of Romans that we have all sinned and fell, and fell short of the glory of God, a lot of times we focus on we have all sinned. But one of the realities for us as believers is we may not commit adultery, we may not lie, we may not steal, we may not covet our neighbor's stuff, but we fall short of his glory sometimes and we feel like because we are falling short of his glory that we're just not you know we're, we're Christians but we're not quite good enough to do something like being led by the spirit and the reality is this there is also grace for us that when we fall short of his glory that God's saying let's get up and try again let's get up and keep moving forward now that as I said overcoming uh, the flesh is a miracle in itself now, uh, switching gears, uh, through the Spirit that Paul was talking about, or led by the Spirit, <clears throat> does not mean against your will. Yeah. It's not going to be against your will. Yeah. He's not going to grab you one day and make you follow Him. It's going to be your decision to do that. But I think uh, being led would actually, a, a better term there would mean this is what the Lord really brought me to, and I wish 
if somebody else has said this, I, I wish I knew so I could give them credit because I really can't remember um, where or when I heard this. But being led would actually mean I have positioned him. Let's turn to Psalms 23. You have to position him. Because we know Psalms 23, and like I said last week, the Lord didn't have David write this on Psalms 23 so they'd have something to put on the back of funeral home uh, flyers. There was, there was a reason why <clears throat> he, uh, he had this written. And I feel like Psalms 23 gets overlooked because we got it memorized in our mind, but we don't have it in our heart. I'm, I'm not saying that in, in a con condemning way, uh, but, you know, we can memorize it. But the, I'd rather have it down in here. David said, I hid God's word in my heart uh, that I would, not my mind. I hid it in my heart that I wouldn't sin against him. Not against you memorizing scripture. Mr. Karen, Miss Marilyn, don't crucify me afterwards. You still need to memorize your scriptures. But you, not just from your head knowledge, but a heart knowledge. Uh, Psalms 23, it says, the, it's, David's talking, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. Not everybody's shepherd, okay? He, he, he positioned him. David positioned the Lord as his shepherd. As I said, God is not going to come in and demand to be your shepherd. You are going to have to position him as your shepherd or as your leader. Because when we talk about being led by the Spirit, we're not talking about and uh, Mark can probably testify to this, when people would come into the Pentecostal churches and they would, they would announce that they're led by the Spirit, it, it got cringy. Because I felt like what they were saying was, I want to be led by what I want to do. I'm, I'm being led to do what I want to do. And a lot of times that got looked on in, in a negative light. And some of that very well may have been false, but I've learned this about if there's something false, then there's also something real. There is a real being led by the Spirit, but who, who are we being led by? We're, we're being led by uh, God's Spirit, but we have to position Him as our leader. He's not going to, He's not going to just overtake you. Now, I, I kind of went through this. If, <coughs> excuse me. If the Lord is my shepherd and I have positioned him as my shepherd, because I have positioned him, I'm not going to want for anything. Um, if I have positioned him as my shepherd, then he is going to lead me to lie down in green pastures. If, if I have positioned him as my leader, he is going to lead me beside still waters. If, if I have positioned him as my shepherd, he will restore my soul. You see, the whole idea is us positioning him as our leader. So when we talk about being led by the Spirit, what we're doing is saying, God, we talked about this last week, pain or pleasure has nothing to do with it. I'm gonna lead, I, I want you to lead me where you want me to go. And that to be such a deep walk, that regardless of the cost, I'll follow you. Because if I follow him, even if I have to go through some tough things, I'm not saying God's leading you through problems, 
But when you start tearing away from this flesh, your flesh is going to scream. Your emotions are going to scream, what are you doing? I talked last week about fasting. Some of us have went quite a while on fast before. You know, the first hour is not so bad. <laughs> but day four, I'm ready to eat a styrofoam plate. What's happening there? There is a tearing away of the flesh when we're trying to follow into the areas that God is leading us. So I want to position him as my leader. I have to position him. He's not going to come and force me to do that. <clears throat> and I can't be led by what I can't see. Let's turn to John chapter 3. I think I shared this with you last week. That to my shame, I just come to the revelation this about two weeks ago. <laughs> I stopped my wife. We was, it was on a Saturday. And she was going into the bedroom, and I was sitting on the couch. And I told her, I said, I have never saw this before. And, of course, she's probably thinking I'm over in the book of Revelation or something. You know, I've figured out something. I've cracked the code, you know. <laughs> and, um, but I come, I come into to Gen, uh, sorry, John 3 and 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Truly I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, and I think this is a true statement. If you're not born again, you're not going to heaven. That's a, that's a true statement. Yeah. But I don't think that's what, Nic what Jesus was saying to Nicodemus here. And, and we're going to see here in just a second, that's not what he was saying to him. He was saying this, unless, you're, unless you are born of the, again or born from above, which translates to being born of the Spirit, you're not going to be able to see, which meant, um, I, I wasn't able to pronounce the word, but I did look it up. Uh, it means to perceive or to understand or to be aware or to be able to comprehend the kingdom of God. The reason Nicodemus had so many questions and he couldn't understand is he wasn't born of the Spirit and he's saying, how can I be born twice? He can't, he, he can't be aware, he can't comprehend what Jesus is talking about, the kingdom of God, about being born again, or born of the Spirit, or being born from above. Now, <clears throat> I, wanted, I wanted to say this. Um, we can have knowledge, and Nicodemus certainly had that, but he couldn't be led because he couldn't see it. Did I confuse you? You can't be led by what, if you're not born of the Spirit, you can't see the things of the Spirit. You have to be born of the Spirit in order to see the things of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to be reading this uh, in, in verses 9 through 12. This is the Bible in basic English. <clears throat> but as it says in the Holy Writings... Things which the eye saw not, and which had not come to the ears or into the heart of man, such things as God has made ready for those who have love for him. But God has given us the revelation of these things through his Spirit. For the Spirit makes search into all things, 
even the deep things of God. For who has knowledge of the things of a man but the spirit of the man which is in him? In the same way, no one has knowledge of the things of God but the spirit of God. But we have not the spirit of the world but the spirit which comes from God so that we may have knowledge of the things which are freely given to us by God. The reason that you need the Holy Spirit in your life and, to need, and you need to be led by the Spirit is if you're not born of the Spirit, you can't be led by the Spirit because you can't see the Spirit. That's one of the greatest things about being born again is you can begin to perceive and to understand, become aware of the kingdom of God all around you. That's why, and here's a very simple, me and Dylan preached this today too, um, on a very simple scale. Uh, when you come into the knowledge of the, one of the Ten Commandments of uh, thou shalt not commit adultery. Now that's pretty, I think everybody's on the understanding even though they don't, even if they don't know the Lord. <clears throat> adultery's bad and it's not good. But when you are aware spiritually, you don't just see I'm breaking a commandment. You're seeing the fallout and the hurt all the way down the line that it's going to do the damage it's going to do to your children, the damage it's going to do to their trust, uh, what it's going to hurt your family, your extended family. It could hurt you in your job. And especially if you claim to be a Christian, and this is an understatement of understatements, it can hurt your witness. But you see, when you are born of the Spirit, you begin to become aware of everything. Not just a small little channel of, I broke a commandment. We have to be led, and we can't be led by what we can't see. Um, so, <clears throat> so not making you do something or doing it without you being aware, but being aware of the Spirit's leading, and this is receiving the power to follow through. We go back to Acts 1 and 8 about you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Is the power to follow through. The power to follow through. Okay. And there are a lot of things that, you know, when you're reading scriptures, I wrote this today. Somebody else could get up here and read these and get a whole different enlightenment, you know. And that's the beautiful thing about it. It's, it's alive. That's When I think about the Word of God as alive, it's growing. It's growing. There's, there's no end to the understanding and the, and the deep things that, that the Scriptures bring out. Um, but one of the areas that God gives us freely, when we talked about in 1 Corinthians 2 and 12, that we can know the things that are freely given to us by God, is... Uh, that God gives us freely and helps us grow, uh, especially when being led by, by the Spirit, is, is in the gift of grace. And grace is a gift. And, and you need to grow in grace, not just for others, but also for yourself. Uh, we covered this uh, scripture last week, Luke 2 and 40. The Bible says, and the child, talking about Jesus, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and I underline this, and the grace of God was upon him. And I'm not talking so much just for, for him, but when I looked at that, we, a lot of times, I, we, I would anyways focus on he was strong in spirit. And that's a great thing, right? 
but also he also was growing in grace as well. And that's something that is hard because I don't know about you, but I can be my worst critic. Can anybody else agree to that? I don't need anyone to tear me down. I'm, I do a real good job all by myself I, if, if, I, if I follow the flesh. Um, and any ministers in here? The ride home? You know what I'm talking about? You don't need no help. <laughs> you don't need no help at all. I don't even need the devil's help on that if I allowed myself to go that way. So it's, um, you need grace. You need grace to grow. I've said this so many times. I shared this with Dylan today. People listen to us, Pastor Susan, me, Dylan, Brett, Mark, Wes, whoever, not because of what we do, but because of who we are. People know our heart. And that's why they listen to you. They know your heart. And I'm not saying you need to get up here and just do what you want to do. And you, We hone in, try to. Um, I try to hone in on some skills. <laughs> At least you want to be some interesting to keep people's attention. But I would rather you know my heart, is what I'm trying to say. And allow, I have to allow myself, I'm just kind of being open here, I have to allow myself grace to grow in that. Okay? Because even like right now, Sometimes y'all are looking at me, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling heat <laughs> in my face. And under my, under my clothes, I'm like, Lord, help me. <laughs> but the area, this is the thing, while, while I'm trying to get to in this, is allowing yourself to grow. Just to stand here and y'all looking at me right now. Everybody needs to do this one time. <laughs> one time. And the blank stares, people falling asleep going to the bathroom, checking the phone, um, all those things. <laughs> Allow yourself to get the grace to grow. Second Peter 3 and 15, it says this, and the, and the account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. A lot of times I'll quote that because, and, and I, I feel like it's a truth. Um, people is like, well, um, if Jesus doesn't come back, God's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. No, God's not going to have to apologize to no one. The reason the church hasn't raptured out of here is because of the grace of God on mankind. The long-suffering of the Lord is salvation to those people. But understand this, the long-suffering of the Lord towards us that want to be led by the Spirit and the long-suffering of the grace came to grow in that, right? You don't throw Richard away when he makes a mistake, do you? You got long-suffering with Richard. Well, the same way the Lord with us has that long-suffering. Why? Because of what we do? Our heart. He knows our heart. When uh, Samuel was going in to look for a replacement for Saul, was it Abinadab, the oldest one? Yeah. Anyways, he's head and shoulders above everyone. Samuel says, surely this is the one. And God says, it's not him. He said, you're looking on the outward appearance. He said, I'm looking on the heart. That is not an excuse just to nonchalant and do what you want to do. But understand this, that you need to allow yourself to grow in the grace of God. You need to be putting out an effort. 
I'm not talking about your effort alone, but you need to get up and say, above my what I want to do. Because there have, believe it or not, there are days I don't want to read my Bible. There are days that I don't want to pray. Um, there are times where I'd like to go sit in the deer stand too on Sunday or anything else. But here's the thing. I have to, now, it shouldn't be that way all the time. If it's that way all the time, there's some other underlying problems that need to be addressed. But once in a great while, there's this desire just to do what you want to do. And we curb those desires because we have a desire on the inside of us, and we need to know how to tell ourselves no. Where is the art of saying, no, I'm not doing that? Um, one of my really good friends, Rob Walker, he told me this. He said, you know, I've learned to just accept the responsibility that when I fail God on an area that he's dealing with me in, I loved myself at that moment. I loved myself more than I loved God. But that doesn't mean God throws you away. you got to give yourself grace to say, that's not who I am. What I was at that moment is not who I am right now. That's not who I am on the inside. And you have to give yourself grace to correct. There have been, and I can say this because I've lived this 100% uh, in the past, if I made a mistake, I was backslid and away from God. And I had to start all over by going to the altar next Sunday. I'm not making this up. I had to start all over again next Sunday by going to the front, crying. If I didn't cry, something was wrong. Uh, I wasn't really being convicted by the Holy Spirit because I didn't cry. This is religious darkness. That's a reality, people. And the really, the, here was the thing. I might have backed up, but I didn't have to if I would have had the right teaching in front of me that says, hey, wait a minute. The grace of God is not just before you get saved. The grace of God is even after you get saved. There's a lot of religious darkness out there. Let me tell you, and where that comes from is the enemy because he knows that in this life you're going to make mistakes. And if he could ever get that mentality in you that if I make one mistake that I'm away from God, he is doing exactly what he wants to do in your life. You have to give yourself the grace to grow. Verse 16, it says, As also in all his epistles, talking about Paul, Peter was talking about Paul, um, speaking in, in them of these things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, get, I underline this and highlight, fall from your own steadfastness. When he was talking about people, they fell from their own steadfast, their, their stand of steadfastness, this stand of grace, this stand of what God was in my life. And when they fall away from that, why? Why did they do that? Let's go back up above. They were unlearned. They were unstable in the scriptures. 
This is why, and I said this last week, but I think it, it, goes, it would be good to say again, we don't promote Bible reading and listening to Bible teaching so you could check off the list or put the star next to your name or to say, I fulfilled my religious obligation today. The reason why we promote Bible reading and Bible knowledge is that when you come against things that want you to fall from your steadfastness, when you know what the Word of God says, you can say, I resist that in the name of Jesus. I know exactly where that's coming from. It's coming from the enemy. But verse 18, he talked about in verse 17 about not falling from your own steadfastness. But look at verse 18. It says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, was Peter writing to non-believers? No. He's writing to believers. <laughs> He's writing to believers. And he's saying, hey, look, the long-suffering that God has in your life is salvation, not just of your soul that you can go, or that you can go to heaven. It's the salvation of your whole life, spirit, soul, and body. And that um, not to fall from your steadfastness, but to grow in grace. Growing in grace, we'll close here in a minute. Growing in grace is not a license to sin. I've said this before. Uh, Andrew Womack made this very clear. People do not need a license to sin. They do a really good job without one. Um, but grace is a right to continue to live. And it's also grace to learn how to be led by the Spirit. We need to grow in grace. And there are people that do believe that you can sin, that grace can abound, but Paul also said this, God forbid. When we died to the world of sin, we're not supposed to live in that any longer. Grace is not to continue sinning uh, just for, because it's fun or it's what you want to do. But grace gives us the ability to learn and not to sin, but a right to live. Because so many people will uh, self-destruct over one simple mistake. And I'm like, man, it doesn't, uh, if I quit, the only guarantee to losing is quitting. That's the only guarantee to losing is quitting. And if you quit, you lose. I'm speaking to somebody tonight. I'm speaking to someone tonight. Holy Spirit is, give yourself grace. I feel, I feel like it's what he'd say to you. Don't, don't uh, move from your steadfastness. The, long, the Lord has long-suffering with you, and it's to your salvation. When our children are learning how to walk, we don't throw them away when they fall down. Wouldn't that be sad? Walk by somebody's house, a kid laying out in the street. What did you do? I couldn't walk. I got used for that. Fell down. I got time for that. No, you pick them up. <laughs> you love on them. You kiss the boo-boo. Um, put a Band-Aid on it. And you, what do you do? Keep cradling them for the rest of their life? I mean, I'm not going to cradle Zach at 23. Or Audrey at 26 or Ellie at 14. Where's Ellie? 
<laughs> She's a nursery. We pick them back up. Let's try again. Let's try it again. And you know what happened? Believe it or not, guess what, Wes? They're walking. They're walking. Same way with the Lord with us. When we have this desire to be led by His Spirit and to grow in His grace, we may fall. By the way, we may fall. Uh, we may uh, make a mistake. But guess what? He picks us back up. All right. And this is the for real closing. Luke chapter 9, Jesus said this, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Um, and this is the thought that I had. If everything is instant at salvation, and grace isn't for growth, why is Jesus the anointed one instructing us to ask so we can receive? Seek so we can find. And knock so the door will be opened to us. There are some things that are just not instant, but we can ask, we can seek, and we can knock, and we can find. Verse 10 says, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? All you have to do is ask. Isn't that, huh? That was in Luke 11, 9 through 13. So, all we have to do is ask seek and we can find. Amen.